Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. That's the difference between you and I. For me, this is about passion, and for you, this is about fame. And nobody will ever remember you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Yeah, that works in Hollywood, that works in the movies, but this isn't the movies, this is real life. And in real life, I am the real hero. You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. We're coming at you right before Full Gear happens a little bit later this day to see if we can get in the rest of our predictions because we got about half the card last time. And uh, let's see if we can finish the job, as it were. Yeah, getting it in like right before the deadline, right? Yep, exactly. Just like we're we're doing like a WWE last minute script rewrite. Yeah, right, right <laughs> the before the show ago. starts. But you know what's amazing, Joe? This fucking week in AEW, Cody had a kick-ass promo. Jericho had yes, a kick-ass did. spoof, and this company was... has zero writers. You have to say, this has to have been the best episode of Dynamite so far, right? I thought it was really good. Especially, like, from a overall promo perspective and story perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, from a promo perspective, yes. Because from an overall story perspective, I still really liked the episode where Jericho, or, um, Cody jumped the, jumped the rail and had mm, the fight yeah. with Jericho with the group. I thought that was really good. Yeah, that's, that was good, yeah. Um, but yeah, holy shit, like, I was like, Cody put the, uh, whole like whether he's going to be able to challenge for this title ever again on the line yeah that's a that's a big development and also i mean this this promo in itself was just very kick-ass like what did you think of this whole thing yeah i loved it you had the whole build-up of uh him and tony shivani in the limo um Mm -hmm. and so then leading up to this promo, like they're telling stories about dusty and things like that and then cody gets out there and he addresses the big thing i've been saying Mm -hmm. which is you have to address the fact that like Cody, Kenny, and the Bucks are all these office people. And so when they do get their title matches and stuff like that, you have to make sure the storyline is there. Mm-hmm. Um, and now in two separate storylines, the the four guys actually on the poster, if you look up the four-way posters, it's Cody and mm-hmm. Jericho and uh, Moxley and Omega. And it's for Moxley, he's crapped on the fact that they made the match unsanctioned because Omega is one of the EVPs. And then for Cody, it was, I'm getting this title match, but to show that I've earned it, if I don't win, then I'm never going for the title again. Boom. There you go. You've addressed. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. That's what I was just going to say. You've addressed the concerns of the fans, so to speak. Yeah, you've you've addressed that elephant in the room, right? Yeah. At least, you know, to start, it's it's still a very interesting situation because, like, you know, depending on how they play this right like if cody does win then i think to an extent that could my impression is it's gonna either lead to a heel turn or would almost be like immediate kind of a heel reaction because i feel like if he wins it's too early and Mm. it's gonna play right into exactly what he was saying as far as like oh well i'm the promoter and i'm booking myself to win and then right at like the first big defense all of a sudden he wins like yeah i think there's no way to read into that other than that, if he wins, so it, it's very interesting. As yeah, far as I like, think you could also do the the really long babyface run for the title, right? I th- I think if he, if he if he wants to be perceived as a babyface with that title, that's what he has to do. It has to be like, yeah, he can't challenge for it again because he, that's what he said, and now it's going to be like a year before he's shown through multiple matches and hard fought victories and things like that that he's earned another title shot. Right, because like here, he, well, what what if he did something like this? Right, like even though, I don't know, maybe people would try and see through this too. But like, you know, maybe it's been like a year down the line. He's had some really big wins. He's done everything that you would think should earn him another title match, and then he's the challenger or maybe the champions taunting him, and they put together maybe a stipulation that says like, all right, look, Cody, 
I'll give you, even though you took away your own opportunity to challenge for this title, I will challenge you to fight me for this title. But if you lose, then you leave AEW, period. Yeah. Like a career match. And AEW doesn't have another show, so it's not like he could jump. <laughs> right. <laughs> then he like... only wrestles on AEW Dark. Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so I like I feel like they could do something like that, and that would yeah. really work. I or, mean, I'm imagine, I think the simplest thing would be uh, the uh, inner circle interferes in this match in some way, and mm-hmm. then puts up the roadblocks of Cody's got to fight through the whole inner circle. Yeah. To get back to Jericho, over the next months. Yeah. Although I'd I'd heard another kind of like interesting theory. I don't think they should do this because I think it'd be a little too cheeky. Yeah. But um, what do you think of the idea of like so Cody loses, so then the stipulation would be, Cody can't challenge for the title but like if he someday gets the last name again then cody Rhodes <laughs> can challenge for the title apparently he does have did you not hear this he does he can use Rhodes. oh yeah he's <laughs> just choosing not to at this point okay his his promos yeah. about wwe are so weird so this was this was back for i think it was all out mm-hmm. uh or or the debut it was the debut of dynamite that's what it was he did a press conference call with a whole bunch of media members mm-hmm. and i listened to it and someone asked him about like have you talked to wwe at all about getting the Rhodes name back and he said that at this point he's like there's no like WWE's not holding the Rhodes name he's like i can use it and he was like i'm just choosing not to hmm. so but then this week he had an interesting interview where he said that He's he's super thankful for what WWE did for Dusty in his like uh, final years, basically of like mm-hmm. bringing him back into the company, allowing him to run NXT, giving him something to do like a paycheck and things like that. Right. Um, like he said, his mom cried when they released the Dusty DVD, which is one of their great ones, by the way. Like mm-hmm. WWE can do either really bad DVDs or some really good ones. Dusty's one of the good ones. Um, when they got the royalty check, like he said, he saw his mom like break down in tears because they actually like, got some money and things like that. So mm-hmm. he was like, I can never pay them back for that. He was like, I think he was like, I kind of something about like karma of like, that's why they treated him so bad or something like that. Like even it out, so to speak, like they treated dusty so well. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> some kind of balancing. But then he threw in the line, he's like, but uh, let me get a few drinks in me, and then my answer to this may change. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think he's got a very, <laughs> a very like, two-faced, 50-50 view of WWE. Well, I, I think that it's, I mean, maybe some other people who can't see it. To me, I feel like it's abundantly clear what his feelings are towards WWE, which is frustration. Like, he yeah. was frustrated. He doesn't at hate the- them. Right, he doesn't hate them. Like, he, he likes that they exist, that they give other wrestlers an opportunity to exist. He likes that it was a platform for him to begin his wrestling career. He likes yeah, that, right? His like, whole family. Right, like, they've given his whole family at different times jobs. and Like, but he sees, he's so frustrated because he knows that they didn't see the value in him that he saw in himself. And these last couple of years, he has clearly proven that he has. Yeah. Um, and then also clearly frustrated overall. I think now time has progressed further. He's seen that that problem was not just at himself, but towards a lot of guys. And that yeah. it's poisoned parts of the wrestling business. And he wants to try and be a part of the wrestling business that works against that. Yeah. And gives a but lot of guys it's like for him. For the wrestlers. And... Right. Like giving these wrestlers a safe place where they can work and actually have a lot of exposure on TV for people to try and grow themselves as stars and where they have creative control or at least like a lot more creative input like mm. you know because I, I saw even like an interview recently where they were just talking about like with Darby Allen and he was saying that a big oh part of the reason he signed with AEW was the creative freedom you know because he was saying that you know when they brought him in instead of you know WWE where they just like give you a gimmick and tell you how you're going to be handled they asked him how do you want to be handled? Like, how do you want yeah. to be presented? And it's like, that's fucking huge. Yeah. And, I, so and I'm sure I'm sure they change some stuff, right? Because there yeah. is, like, 
Turner probably has some opinions and things like that, but they're at least like, hey, let's work within your realm to make it work for everything else. Exactly. Like they're actually using the talent as consultation to what they're going to do with the talent instead of just, yeah. you know, we're going to change you or your gimmick like without your even notice or your input. Like, you know, how many guys in WWE have just been like turned heel or face like at the drop of a hat and like Big had sure. their gimmicks just like completely changed? Like, yeah, like, you know, actually, a, a, a good example I think of a victim of this very recently in WWE is like, look at Kyrie Sane. Like, yeah. Kyrie Sane was actually, like, a unique, interesting, good talent, especially in NXT, and she was starting to kind of get her introduction out of the main roster, and now, all of a sudden, they just, like, turned her heel and completely changed her gimmick. Like, yeah. uh, it's like, I don't Same why? goes for Asuka. Yeah, to, like, match the weird thing that they just changed for Asuka, too. Like, <laughs> so it's just, it's silly, and I don't like it, how it's just... Or I, I think it's clearly shown that there's um, a difference in the quality of performance you get from your talent, right? When you're letting yeah. them be part of the, the decision process. So I'm just I'm proud of AEW and I like what they're doing. And clearly, as we've seen, like we mentioned, there was a proto from Cody, which I gotta say I liked this a lot more than his whole like uh, limo ride with Tony Schiavone thing. Mm-hmm. I thought that kind of made him come across as just like, oh, you're just like another business type asshole who does yeah. the whole like, oh, I've set an appointment with somebody, but I'm going to make them wait. And it's like, you know what? Fuck you, dude. Like, you're one of those people. Like, I, I really disdain. <laughs> oh, you're one of those people. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're one of those fucking people. Like, I, I get showing up fashionably late to a party where there's other people and other things going on. But like, when you're showing up to a meeting where it's just you and somebody else, and you intentionally show up late to do a power move, it has the exact opposite effect on me. I lose all respect for you when you do that. So, Cody Rhodes, don't you dare try that with me. And it, I don't know, just to me, it made, me come across, Kate made him come across as a heel, not a face, but I guess that was just me. But Cody does have that problem, though. Just his yeah. look and everything, like he's got the like chiseled modeled face and the blonde hair now and stuff like that so i think that uh it he his demeanor sometimes leans towards heel right my my read on cody rhodes is this cody rhodes is a heel who does a very good job of playing a baby face (laughs) that's that's my understanding of cody rhodes yeah but there's so many, like, there's times that, like, I hear him talk about, like, yeah, I just want to grab a beer and, like, eat pizza and stuff like that. And I was like, dude, that sounds like a guy I would love. <laughs> right. He does a good job of playing a baby face. You know, whether it's on TV or in a podcast or, like, you know, when somebody, when he knows that somebody's paying attention or listening, you know, the big ear thing. Yeah. He'll say the right things because he's very smart and charming. But he is a heel he is arrogant as fuck like when he was talking can you blame him no why (laughs) the fuck would i like he he's like dusty Rhodes' son yeah he's he was he even admitted it in his promo with jericho he was saying look jericho you talk shit on me for having a silver spoon in my mouth but you stupid dick we have the same silver spoon in our mouths (laughs) like he doesn't deny it. He's privileged as fuck. Yeah, yeah that was really... I like that, bringing up uh, Chris Jericho's father. Yeah, like... like he's a dick and you, he knows you he's were a born, dick. You were born in, uh, under an NHL player, which it, at the time, it wasn't like NHL was like when like baseball first started. Oh, right? it's was, NHL was like and hockey. And in, in Canada. That? Like, it's Canada. Yeah. They give a shit about hockey in Canada. <laughs> But I'm saying, like, so when, like, baseball first started in America, right, like, the guys did weren't making enough money to, like, do that full time. Right. Like, at the point that his dad was playing, NHL was playing very well, paying very well. And so, yeah, like, he was he was a full-time NHL player. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they were both, you know, middle-upper-class sons of uh, athletes. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, they did have kind of, like, carbon copy in, upbringing. In the words of Dusty Rhodes, he was the second most recognizable athlete uh, next to Muhammad Ali. 
Yep. Bruce Richard has a great story about that where he was in the car with Dusty and they got pulled over by a cop and the cop comes up and Dusty's like, I got this. <laughs> so he's like, like, hello officer, don't you know who I am? And the officer looks at him and goes, no, I don't know who you are. And then he sees Bruce Pritchard and goes, oh wait, aren't you Bru- Brother Love? <laughs> <laughs> and Bruce just died because oh my God. Dusty always brags about being the second most recognizable <laughs> athlete. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So Bruce responded with third most recognizable athlete. <laughs> gosh <laughs> although so all right as almost as funny as that or maybe even funnier uh what did you think of jericho's spoof video of a... oh so good it's like sammy guevara playing like the brandy room yep. <laughs> like... oh my gosh the little soft little kiss he gave on the head like, <laughs> just... jericho like sitting in the pool to, to mock like cody and the oh what are those things called like the isolation yep in the isolation chamber or whatever yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I, I, I think my, my favorite line out of it though was Sammy Guevara saying like, you know, at 48 years old, Chris Jericho is the youngest AEW champion of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Although, shit, now that I think about it, like there were too many other good lines that were so good. Like there was the the woman who was like friends with his aunt from church and was like, yes, I always knew that he would be the AEW champion. AEW champion. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! And then Virgil, holy shit! Oh, which did you see? They signed him. Yeah. Oh my! Like Soul Train Jones is now full time member. There you go. I gotta, I gotta give AEW credit for that. Like WWE wasn't doing shit with him, and he gave his time to that company, mm-hmm. and so now uh, AEW is throwing him some money because hey, Virgil was on some hard time. So well, and this was hilarious. Like he, he earned it. Like yeah, several of those fucking jokes with Jericho were great. With his, yeah, he's like. Oh my God, he's his talent is like the uh, breadsticks at Olive Garden. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Unlimited. Look up, look up his. Hold on, I gotta look up his Instagram post about signing with AEW. It is fucking hilarious. Like, like, and I, I think there's like the perfect capacity to use him in, like you know, silly yeah. promo shit. Maybe he could be somebody's manager at some point. I don't know. Like, yeah, I just let him. Uh, you know what? Yeah, maybe maybe them. have him hang out with like the Lucha Express or something. Or not Blue, uh, the Jurassic Express. <laughs> Coach Jericho's talent is like Olive Garden breadsticks unlimited. <laughs> That's one of his, he has a picture of it. Oh my god, and then he has a picture of Jericho with Olive Garden breadsticks. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so. You know what? This is the other thing they're smart. They're playing into the meme culture. Yes. Like, Virgil, yeah, apparently it's, Virgil's um, gonna be a goldmine for memes, dude. Uh, and this is all from his, like, own account. Like, it's Virgil doing it, yeah. so. <laughs> okay, this is kind of long, but it's it's so good. All right, let's the see hottest it. free agent has dropped his breadsticks into the all-elite era. <laughs> it's an easy decision, since I wasn't going to give my equity... Yeah, give my equity back from the WWF days. I got headhuntered years ago by one of my students who I mentored to this very day, Shahid and Tony Khan. <laughs> from there, I've given my life's work to help big media conglomerates to enhance their brand. TNT has been in my pocket since Teddy Turner and I crushed WCW. <laughs> oh my god. So when they presented me to me aw the first thing i thought alfredo and enchilada wrestling <laughs> mind blown <laughs> finally someone that can mix cuisine into the squared circle <laughs> so when dono offered me equity for my brand i knew that the deal was going to be right tony offered me a vp position to get a piece <laughs> of my ass and i said veal parm <laughs> sure but load me up with that unlimited pasta pass he said, yes, Lord Jesus, <laughs> anything for the meat sauce, God. <laughs> One late champion called me and said, we need your meat in our inner circle. I said, it's oh simple my to my WCW Southpaw. Show me the left fuck money. <laughs> Deal done. <laughs> we signed a contract at my home turf at Olive Garden. He tagged Olive Garden. <laughs> and the rest was Wednesday night history. The catering has been up. The story has been cemented. And the breadsticks are now forever in capital letters unlimited. Oh my god. So good. 
<laughs> wow. Worth every penny. However much they're paying him. That that post alone is just worth whatever they're <laughs> that's, uh, Yeah, that's his whole salary for the year. Just that post. Yeah. Oh my god, my cheeks hurt. <laughs> like, I was reading it last night and I was just dying laughing to myself. So I'm glad I got to experience that with you. Yes. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh. Alright, so... Shall we go on and talk about the rest of the full gear card, or should we talk about this sure. continued feud between uh, Raw, NXT, and SmackDown on the road towards? Uh, sure. Well, yeah, series? let's talk about that real quick. So, uh, I didn't get to watch SmackDown, so I don't know what happened this week. But mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the ratings are basically neck and neck now between NXT and AEW this week. Yeah, they were uh, damn close. They were within. It was like what a couple like, thousand thousand viewers. Yeah. Yeah, and they're both in the 800,000 range, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the upper yeah. 800s, I think. Which is what like I expected from the beginning, but the biggest problem was WWE wasn't promoting NXT on its main shows. Mm-hmm. And then they were forced to by uh, this travel issue with Saudi Arabia, and then boom, look at that. <laughs> like, Yeah, I mean, they get, definitely got a noticeable tick up from last week to this week. Yeah. Now, it's hard to tell. In your opinion, do you think it was the fact that you had NXT stars on SmackDown, like on Fox, bringing in the viewers? Or do you think it was the fact that like you had like AJ Styles and the OC, OC show up? I think it was the fact that NXT people had showed up on SmackDown and Raw, therefore conditioning yeah. people to think that maybe some SmackDown or Raw people would show up on SmackDown or on, on mm-hmm. NXT. And, and then you did it. And it right. wasn't just some mid-card guy. It was AJ Styles. Like... Yeah, it was like, you know, AJ Styles and the OC, and they ended up teasing the whole uh, potential reunion there with Balor. Oh, yeah, perfect. So, I'm, I, yeah, I thought it was, uh, I thought it worked well. I'd be interested if that was the plan all along, or because of the switch on that SmackDown on Friday, like, the plans were just thrown out, and everything was reworked from there. Hmm, that is a good question, because I, hmm. I would have to think that, like, on some level, they were at least somebody in in their creative. Maybe it was just Triple H. Maybe it was a lot of people, though. I'd have to think with NXT becoming its own show, a lot of people were probably thinking that they wanted to do something like this on the road to Survivor Series. To kind of oh, I absolutely think promote, that was like, the plan. The, you know, three brands against I just each think, other, but I just think it was probably like pushed up or like who was sent where kind of a thing was definitely, I think, thrown up in the air. Yeah, I agree. I think you're probably right that, like, whatever their plans were, it probably had to get accelerated because of the Saudi Arabia situation. Yeah. Because, you know, maybe they were planning on, even if they were going to do something on that SmackDown, you know, maybe it was only going to be, like, one or two people. Maybe just Shayna, like, showing up or something like that. Right, like, maybe just Shayna and Adam Cole or something. <clears throat> yeah. But instead, you had to have, like, pretty much the whole NXT roster, and then... yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, tying that into, then you had, uh, so two of the guys that were, well, three of the guys, it was, so it was Champa, Riddle, and Keith Lee, right, that went against the OC? Yeah. On NXT? Yeah, so those three guys were all on that SmackDown, so. Yeah, that's true. But then the OC is on Raw, so then it's like, you know, they weren't even yeah, on Yeah, but I think, I'm I'm interested to see how they they do this because it is supposed to be Raw SmackDown, Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. Yeah. But I'm getting more of a feeling of like Raw and SmackDown versus NXT. Me too. And so here's the other thing that's really weird about this whole situation is like, one, why? Like, does anybody get anything if they win? Bragging rights. That's always the bragging rights. Sure. Okay. Whatever. Bragging rights. Um, <laughs> then. Are people not going to be showing up on other people's shows after Survivor Series? Like, they're just going to be able to do this wild card. Anybody can show up anywhere until Survivor Series. Like, is that the idea? I think it's just until Survivor Series. Okay. Because before this this feud came up, it was very much like people stayed on their shows. And then, especially in the, in the instance of, like, you know, NXT versus one of these main roster brands... Are there going to be any dissenters? Like, I feel like somebody should be betraying their brand or something at some point. Brock Lesnar. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, Brock Lesnar's like, fuck this whole brand, I'm leaving. <laughs> to go fight Rey Mysterio. <laughs> I like Paul Heyman. Brock's the only one that can do this. <laughs> He's the only one. We call dibs. But then now everybody's doing it, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the way you make that story more, uh, more interesting, intriguing, whatever mm-hmm. the word you want to use is, right? Like, yeah, have like brand versus brand of what's better, like for each person, kind of a thing. See, like I know this would be yeah, way too much, way too soon, probably for them to do, but I feel like it'd be really interesting and smart, like because they have so many goddamn titles right now that now half of them don't even mean anything, at least in my opinion. They should use the fact that they're doing these uh, brand versus brand versus brand. Have a bunch of unification matches at Survivor Series. Like, maybe not every single one of those triple threats is a unification match. Like, maybe, like, the world title one would be separate, but, like, the women's match? Fuck it. Have one women's singles title and then the women's tag titles. Period. Across the shows. Mm -hmm. Like unify like the intercontinental u.s and north american title or something like i don't fucking care like half of these titles are just like it's a belt well because because the problem is that like so inconsistently are other people even bothering to challenge half of these champions that like for example like shinsuke nakamura up until now he's kind of having this feud with daniel bryan like how many people have given a shit about it and have been even challenging him for the intercontinental title like no, no one shouldn't that title like shouldn't there be lines of people like trying to get that title but no there are lines of people running after the 24 7 title yeah but nobody gives a literally, shit like literally around there is the a line of people always running for the 24 7 title but nobody gives a fuck about the intercontinental championship so i think that'd be cool they should, they should have a backstage skit one time when it's uh the line of people running after the 24 7 title <laughs> like passing by shinsuke yeah. Like, he's just standing there. <laughs> That'd be really funny, actually. <laughs> just all the titles they could be challenging for. Just run by them. Yeah, just run, yeah, just run past all the other champions. Just like, oh, wow, who gives a shit about all these pieces of crap? <laughs> we want the one that we have to defend 24-7. Yeah, like maybe unify the tag belts too, like the Raw and SmackDown tag belts with like the NXT tag belts. Like just fuck it. Like let's let's unify some of these titles. Let's clean it up. Yeah, I mean, I I am interested to see um, what they do after uh, Survivor Series because the rise in ratings is totally due to like the crossover and the fresh matchups and things like that. Yeah, and honestly, well, I think, it's like... So definitely, I think you need to start bringing some people up from NXT to Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. Well, I, I, mean, I, think, I think that there could be a lot more, like, a couple people you could trade. Like, Cesaro is another person that, like, I think at this point, like, put him put him in NXT or something. Like, I... Do they give like a... Like Cesaro and Yeah, stuff. like, they don't give a shit about using him in Raw or SmackDown, really. Like even or maybe they'll put him back up there in a couple years, but like I think he'd be much more well suited to be like the the gatekeeper in NXT. Like he still has some clout there, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, I think any of the true workers have clout. Yeah, or hell, you know, you could even if if you know you don't want to do shit with the revival anymore, you could put them back in NXT. Like or just continue well, yeah, to build NXT to up, right, just as like a third actual brand. That people can go uh, to. They don't want to do anything with the revival. They just want to take the titles off of them. Yeah. Well, yeah, because uh, New Day got him back again. I think, right? Yeah. A weakened New Day. Yeah. Well, but it's it, but it's you know former WWE champion Kofi now. Yeah, true. If if that means anything to them. Which did you hear his story that apparently Vince was teary eyed when he lost the championship? Oh, uh, was he? Yeah. Well, guess who could have done something about it? Vince. So fuck you. I don't care if you were teary-eyed. I bet that's a fucking bullshit lie story. No, Kofi told it. Right. So yeah, I'm t- I'm saying Kofi could be lying, obviously, yeah. But... Vince McMahon, that fucking piece of shit. Ugh. Ugh, you disgust me. But, like, okay, no. I, I They should seriously unify some of those titles. It's, yeah. Because, like... 
I think at this point, the one of the big things is actually, I'm going to actually say something nice about WWE. One of the things that's actually a draw about their programming right now is the fact that they have so many different rosters of so many different people that you really can get like crazy ass like matchups any week. Like you with the cross promoting between Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, like you can really do a lot of interesting dream matchups, like kind of almost whenever you want to. So, in a way, it be, if if because if they're never going to commit to long term storytelling, then they might as well just embrace what they can do, which is that we have so much money that we have a huge roster. So like we can just throw together all sorts of matchups whenever we want to. Mm. So then I yeah maybe that would be, maybe that's the direction they should go. Because it seems to at least you know at least for right now even if it's just temporarily. It's bumping up ratings, at least for NXT, having this idea of the cross pollination of rosters. So, yeah, and I mean it's a SmackDown last week. I don't know what it did yesterday, but yeah, I just, I feel like the the key would be to actually make it mean something in the long term. So like, if you would actually have this like concept of brand loyalty, and say everybody on your show, like even though they're fighting amongst each other too. The idea is that maybe they want to collect as many of the different titles that exist in WWE and bring them back to their home show. So, like, if mm-hmm. there is, you know, so there's still, like, one world title on one show, every show or something. I don't know. Maybe they'd want to do that or not. But say they were even ballsy enough to get down to one world title. Then it's like, we're trying to get the world title onto our show. We're trying to get the tag titles onto our show. We're trying to get the women's title. We're trying to get all these titles that prove that we have the best people in those divisions on our show Mm -hmm. and then people are constantly cross-pollinating trying to challenge each other and take those titles back to their home shows or whatever yeah like almost kind of like artificial factions in a way yeah if you don't want to have actual factions in the groups at least like have the brand be the faction right right and that's something that then you could like you know play on loosely all year but then like hype up even more maybe on survivor series because then yeah, say there you go. Survivor Series could be the unique time where you know this would be the only time every single year where there would be definitely a representative from every single brand who is challenging for every single title. So there's the possibility that like at Survivor Series, any brand could sweep and take all the titles. Like that would be really cool. Yeah, that, that would, would act- make it more interesting. That would make what, Survivor Series mean something. <laughs> yeah, we have to get our titles back. Right. I actually, actually would really like that. I would watch that if that meant something. So. Anyway, anyway uh, any other suggestions for WWE and their three-brand situation? Uh, I'm just interested to see where it goes after Survivor Series because right now I'm liking it, but I have a feeling that after Survivor Series it's just going to go back to status quo and mm-hmm. don't know how impressive that's going to be. Yes, it's always a the big question of whether they're going to do something with it afterwards. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Then, like in the world of New Japan, we've got uh, they got like a super show coming up this uh, weekend. On um, I think it's like in America. I can't remember whether it's the San Jose or I think L.A. They're doing another show, but I think it. I think it's San Jose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're just like defending U.S. title and I think the British Cruiserweight title and a couple other like tag matches and things. Um, mm-hmm. Although Tag League starts up pretty soon to determine who's going to be challenging uh, G.O.D. at Wrestle Kingdom. Got a lot of good teams in there, especially so one to look out for, for all the good uh, wrestling comedy fans. Yano and Colt Cabana are teaming up for Tag League this year. Yes, I heard about this. I'm so excited. <laughs> I mean, I like a lot of the other pairings too, but like, I love Yano and Cabana, so I'm excited for that. I mean, I just love Cabana getting, like... I feel like he had a down couple of years and mm-hmm. all of a sudden like now he's like announcing for ring of honor but then appearing for nwa and now appearing back in new japan so i'm really happy for him and he just won the um uh i can't remember what their mid-card title is called nwa but he won it from james storm oh he won it back uh the um national championship i think yes yes the national championship yeah. yep won yeah. it this week on uh power Nice, I haven't I didn't get a chance to see Power uh, yet. Well, so. spoiler alert. 
No, I'm, I'm, I'm super happy. And I'm also super happy he was talking about ending his podcast, but he is going to continue it, so. Oh, good. And it's going to go back to, I don't have you listened to Colts at all, or? Uh, a couple of times. Obviously, like, he's the, going back the CM Punk one, but. Yeah, okay, so he's going back to that format, where he has, like, one guest, and he does a really long talk with them. Hmm. So recently, he's just been doing, like, he'll bring his recorder to shows and just grab people yeah. randomly. And so he was, like, kind of getting tired of that, but he's going to go back to just sitting down with one person and recording, like, a long-form podcast. Nice. It's a good format. Um, but, yeah, we got that. Oh, and then um, speaking of formats, uh, last thing I want to talk about before we do the uh, full gear predictions, uh, the whole double title situation in New Japan, did I tell you about how there was a fan poll to decide whether or I don't know whether it was actually going to decide, but it influenced the decision of whether there was actually going to be a double title match or not. Uh, no, I did not hear about this. So, uh, at the conclusion of Power Struggle, there was this like big four-way promo between um, Ibushi, Naito, uh, Jay White, and Okada. And at one point, towards the end of it, Okada was saying that uh, he thinks it shouldn't be a double championship match. He thinks it should just be a heavyweight title defense against the intercontinental champion and so he was trying to then say to the crowd like yeah what do you think should it be heavyweight title defense or double title match and the Mm -hmm. crowd was kind of torn and to me it sounded like the crowd was more so in favor of just the single title match and then he ended up kind of then taking that and then leaned over to naito and was like hmm maybe we should put it to a vote then Hmm. like totally triggering him from years ago and then they ended up doing a fan poll to see what people thought it was like hmm what do you think like should there be a double title match or should the second night main event be just a heavyweight title defense and I actually signed up for a Japanese social media app just to vote in this poll Joe (laughs) Uh, why am I not surprised (laughs) I voted no and I'll tell you why I think that if you set up the double title match, then it could set the precedent of if like every year they're going to be doing these two uh, two night main events, then maybe the idea would be like, oh, well, if they did it this year, then why not make that tradition every year? That it would be a double title match at the main event of the second night. Because I think that would be a bad precedent to set because then very quickly, I think the concept of a double champion would get diluted since basically you're guaranteeing a double champion every year. Mm-hmm. That's my thought. But uh, about 16,000 people disagreed with me and about 9,000 other people, and they voted yes, <laughs> saying that they do want the double title match. So, there you go. That is that is the exciting thing, right? It is. It's Well, I'm actually kind of glad that the vote ended up going the other way, because from a full circle perspective, I'm really glad that Naito ended up getting this huge fan vote that basically like reaffirms how much the people love him. Yeah. And want him to become the champion and stuff. So then it was like, all right, that was really cool. Like, you know, the people shot him down the last time and now they're like so on his side that they'll like, yes, double title match. Like, please <laughs> give Naito what we want. Even though like, from my booking, what I was thinking, like, Naito could still become double champion. It just wouldn't be that his title's on the line, too. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. I'm excited. Either way, should be fine. I'm sure they've probably got a good plan for how to do it. So. That's New Japan for you. I believe in their booking, so. I believe in Ghetto. Although, I will say this. I definitely do... I might rescind that statement if Okada ends up becoming the double champion. Like, that, that would really be fucked. That would be so fucking fucked. Uh, yeah, it, it really should be Naito. If not dude, Naito, then maybe Ibushi. If not Ibushi, I guess Jay White. It just should not be Okada. Like, it can't be I like, Okada. I like that. I guess, get, I guess Jay White. Well, because, like, oh, man, like... Yeah, fuck, fuck you, Jay White. Like... Damn it. <laughs> Alright, so, full gear. 
We've already predicted right. uh, the four matches that were already announced. So for Jericho versus Cody, you've got Cody, and I've got mm-hmm. Jericho. Uh, for Omega versus Moxley, you've got Moxley, and I've got Omega. Mm-hmm. For Young Bucks versus Proud and Powerful, I've got Young Bucks, and you've got Proud and Powerful. Yep. Uh, Page versus Pack, I've got Pack, and you've got Page. All right. So then, so you're up next, I think. Yes. I am gonna take. Riho to uh, retain over Emi Sakura. Okay. Uh, I feel like it's just... I mean, I guess we might say this about almost every champion, but I feel like it's too early for her to lose the title. And just, like, losing it to Emi Sakura just feels like the wrong person to lose it to. Yeah, and like we said uh, before we started recording, I just think, like, the women's division so far has just been like, oh, this person won a match? All right, now they get the title shot. Like, mm-hmm. And not even just, like, plan. Because, like, obviously the, the company is so new that, yeah, they don't have, like, a long history yet to go off of for making title matches and things like that. But, like, I feel like the men's and, like, the tag and things like that, it just is like, oh, this match is going to be for this. Like, the result will lead to this. Whereas the mm-hmm. women just kind of get, like, yep, you won, so, yeah, like after the fact you won so now you get this yeah well i guess you have to consider too like their their amount of tv time that they're usually getting because i feel like the women usually only get like maybe two segments a show or something so there's so much less to work with as far as like what they can build towards with the title match so Mm -hmm. and i'm I'm trying to remember i think this is uh with emmy sakura getting the pin on riho i think she's the only person who's pinned riho since she became the champion Oh, interesting. Man, really. I, mean, I, I could be wrong about that, but I think that's the case. And if so, then that would, right, like, that would make sense, right? That's like, oh, okay, well, you're the only person who's pinned the champion, so you should get the title match. Yeah, and uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying yeah. that their women's position isn't logical. I just, right. I feel like it's on the back burner. Like, I, true. it's not as prominent as, like, the NXT women. Very, very true. And, it, you know, it's still in its infancy, but, yeah, yeah. as far as, like, on the priority board, it's definitely still not the top priority yeah although it's uh, like I, I, I think it's actually kind of nice as far as like a refresher because the for me it feels like the hierarchy usually at least for the shows that have all three divisions and like yeah i guess wwe is the example here yeah. they go men women tag and yeah. AEW is like men tag women at least so far yeah so for somebody who likes tag team wrestling it's like yay somebody who gives a <laughs> shit about tag team wrestling I feel like even if Tag was third on AEW's priority list, though, it'd still get booked better than WWE. So. Well, that's, that's true. Because, yeah, they hate tag wrestling. Uh, speaking of tag wrestling, though, I'm going to go with the three-way tag for the AEW Tag Team Championship. Mm, okay. And I'm going to say the Lucha Brothers win the titles. Ooh. Because I have, I've just had this feeling since SoCal Uncensored with the way that uh, Christopher Daniels had to be replaced by scorpio sky mm-hmm. i feel like that's going to cause dissension in socal so i feel like daniels tries to help them win and like fails or something like that mm-hmm. and causes them to lose so i think lucha brothers get it mm. yeah i could definitely see that because i feel like no matter who wins this like private parties taking the pin yeah i think because i feel like this is kind of like the, the in between and eventually lead to uh maybe a final match because yeah, if the Lucha Bros win, and if they've pinned Private Party, then SCU's like, well, you didn't pin us, so yeah. we need a rematch. But then if SCU wins, I feel like they'd probably only win by pinning Private Party. And then Lucha Bros be like, oh, well, you're avoiding us. Like, Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so I, 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 I just, I'll take SCU I just, over Private Party. But Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I just don't see hmm. Private Party winning. But do you, do you they, think they, they would gotta... drop the titles that quickly, though? I think for the storyline of SoCal Uncensored, like, mm-hmm. like I don't think it would be like Lucha Brothers win and nothing happens with SoCal, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that would be the the plan. Mm-hmm. So I think it's either I think it's either you're right with SoCal just retains, or I think it's Lucha Brothers win and SoCal like has some kind of dissension. Yeah, but I think you're right that like at some point, whenever Christopher Danos comes back, that's got to be an integral part of the storyline. Yeah, they haven't. They haven't advanced that story yet, so I'm interested to see what happens. So, because like you know, it could be actually really interesting, feeding off what you're saying. So, say uh, he comes back to try and help them, but fucks it up, 
and Lucha Bros get the titles. Then they go to rematch, and Christopher Daniels is like, guys, look, like, give me one more chance to redeem myself. I have to do this. They go yeah. into that rematch. Daniels gets pinned. And then SCU falls apart. Like, Or maybe they kick out Daniels yeah. or something. Yeah, and he just sticks to like his backstage role and just only ever wrestles like once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be interesting. I would like that. Uh, okay, let's see. We've got um, Beef Priestley versus Britt Baker and then Joey Janela versus Sean Spears. Uh, I'm going to go for Sean Spears over Joey Janela. I feel like I was actually really surprised when he lost to Cody. And... Huh. Well, because, like, it was, like, the introduction of Sean Spears, and, you know, he had Tully Blanchard, and, you know, you ended up calling it perfectly of the, like, oh, well, Arn Anderson will be there to even the odds. It was like, oh, shit, fuck. Like, that was so smart. (laughs) It's so good. But, like... But then... Then Cody won, yeah. Right, and (laughs) then then Cody won. So it was like, god damn it. But... Yeah, it was like, Sean Spears, I feel like he was, the way they were building up, it was like, oh, okay, well, he's going to be a big name. Like, he's going to be doing something. But he hasn't, like, gotten any kind of big win yet, so. I feel like Joey Janela is the kind of guy that he could just beat the shit out of, like, especially after the bell is already rung and, like, the match is over. Like, just continuing to beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Yeah. Totally throwing in a few shots as well, so. Yeah. Um, Yeah, the weird part of that was, was Arn came in and did the uh spine buster on sean right uh yes i think i think so yes it wasn't even long like tolly so that that was the funny part Mm -hmm. although i guess it's like showing like well if i could do it to spears that i could do it to you kind of a thing like just a scare tolly possibly Right, because like you know, if you're an old man managing some like you know fit young guy who's a wrestler, and he just gets manhandled, then it's like, oh well, shit, like that guy could definitely manhandle me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, because otherwise, why wouldn't I be the wrestler? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so then uh, we got uh, B Priestley and Britt Baker. Who are you taking? Um. Have they? They haven't had a match yet, right? It's just been like interfering in each other's. I think they've been on opposite sides of a tag match, but yeah. I don't think they've had a singles match yet. I could be wrong, but I, I don't think they have. So, I'm gonna go with that. That this feud continues just because it's on the pre-show. So I'm gonna say B Priestley wins this one. Hmm. I feel like I would probably have to agree with you, especially because I think that Riho is retaining. And then yeah, I, I so feel like I, this I just, is kind of like a, maybe an unofficial number one contenders match. Ooh, absolutely, yeah. So then, yeah, B Priestley. I didn't even think about that. Challenge. I was just thinking her and Britt need to have like a blow off like on the actual card of a pay per view. So mm. and who knows? Like AW could be taking the pre show like more seriously, and so like this will be the blow off, and then Britt wins. But I just have a feeling it's gonna be B. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point, right? Is that yeah, if, if they could extend this out so that then they could have more proper blow off, like B Priestley cheats in some sort of way to win extend the feud out so then uh Britt baker can either take the big win or the big l on a bigger stage Mm -hmm. yeah all right so i guess that's the whole card how does it feel to not be champion it sucks but i'm taking it back tonight so well get used to that feeling because it's going to continue through full gear, baby. And then, uh, let's see. What do we have next on the horizon? Is uh, Survivor Series the next pay-per-view? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Survivor Series and um, TakeOver War Games. Oh, right. TakeOver War Games. Yes. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm, I'm actually really excited for War Games. What about you? Oh, so am I. Especially with uh, the women's War Games match. Yeah, because let's see, at this point, they have almost everybody announced. It's it's Rhea Ripley, um, Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, and Candice LeRae on the Babyface team, right? Yes. And then on the heel team, it's Shayna Baszler, um, Io Shirai, and Bianca Belair? I believe so. And then one person yet to be named, I think. Yes. So then who do you think takes that last spot? 
Because I would assume it's not going to um, be either one of um, Shayna's lackeys. It's not uh, one of them. No, they seem to be keeping them out. Right. Uh, oh, who's? I heard a theory that it's going to be... Um, oh, why am I blanking on her name? Bailey 2.0. Uh, Dakota Kai? Yeah. Like that she turns traitor? Yes. <gasps> no! No! <laughs> Don't you do that! <laughs> she hasn't even had her time in the sun yet! <laughs> she hasn't even had her time to be Bailey 2.0 yet. Don't turn her into D- Bailey 2.0 2.0! No. Have you heard people saying that uh, Bailey with the new haircut looks like those memes about the woman that wants to talk to the manager? <laughs> <laughs> yes, she totally has the white lady. I want to talk to your supervisor. Look. Yeah. Oh god. Hmm. I'm actually kind of stumbling to think of like who would actually be a good pick for their fourth. Uh... Yeah, because like who else do they have in the NXT women's division? Mm, I'm blanking. So. Like as far as heels, I don't even know because there was like um, Eckert, like Vanessa Bourne, but she's definitely not good enough to be in this kind of match. Or like Aaliyah, like they're not good. That Tainara Conchi girl, she sucks. I think. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like maybe because um, the other thing that's interesting, right, is that this name hasn't been revealed, so I feel like it's it's supposed to be like a bigger name. Like, they're trying to build towards the suspense of who it could be. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it would be somebody from the main roster, like from Raw or SmackDown. Like, cause, maybe. Like, if Shayna, because she just recently has come up to SmackDown and was, like, attacking Bailey and things like that, so maybe she could have, like, made an alliance with somebody on Raw or SmackDown to bring them down for the, uh, the War Games match, like... Like I don't, it wouldn't be Becky or anything like that. But like, what if it was Becky? <laughs> that would be surprising. That would be very surprising. Especially because they're going to be opponents the next night at Survivor Series, so it definitely can't be Becky. Because <laughs> actually, that's one of the three ways I'm most looking forward to. Uh, Becky, Bailey, oh yeah, that's going to be Basler. really good. That should be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who it's going to be. I guess we'll have to find out. Well, we will. Is there uh, anything else you wanted to discuss before we sign off here? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, thanks you, everybody, for coming into listening and checking out the rest of our full gear predictions before the show tonight. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Yep. Check in with you. Yeah, sometime this week. Yeah. All right, everybody. Peace.